Trading Nuts, episode 21. When retail traders go one way in a, in a big choreographed move, you know, the, the banks will always go the other way, assuming it's one of those currency pairs where everybody trades. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins. And today I've got a trader from Las Vegas, Nevada. And he's not just any old trader. So he's a prop firm Forex trader who's got his own podcast. And he's got his own YouTube channel and blog and yada, yada, yada. He's got it. He's got it all. But he's only been around for a year. So, um, and I suppose the best thing is, He's not an educator. He's not out there to be an educator, but he is educating everyone that's following him, and he's picked up a massive following over the past year. Um, thank you very much to David M for letting me know about this guy. I've managed to get him on. He goes by the name of VP, not his real name. Um, we haven't got a real picture either, but um, you can learn more about this guy by listening to his show. I listened to 10 episodes before I did this interview just to, well, I was only going to listen to one or two just to get a feel for it, and I got hooked and listened to about 10. Um, I think I've listened to most of them now. Uh, He's very, very good at the podcast, good at the YouTube, very funny. I've got to say, brutal with some of his listeners out there, guys who just can't follow simple instructions. Um, Hilarious stuff. So after listening to this interview with VP, then please dive on over to the Forex Q&A podcast and check that out. He's got a unique approach to trading, a unique style, something that not everyone's going to resonate with, but if you resonate with it, you want something simple, he only trades for a few minutes a day, then it's probably worthwhile going and checking out and taking away what you can or trading the no-nonsense Forex way, which is what his blog's called, no-nonsense Forex. And uh, yeah, we touch on something in the show that... I thought it would be great to get his, his view. Oh, no, I, I think I listened to one of his... I saw it somewhere. It was the flash crash that happened at the start of 2019, right? January 2019, like on the first trading day of the year, bang, everything went down by about... Well, I know that GJ, GBP, JPY went down by about 1,000 pips during the day and then came almost back up to to where it started, Question is, why did that happen? And like everyone's going, oh, thin liquidity, blah, blah, blah. Um, robots got out of control, yada, yada, yada. Some guy I met the other day said that in the street. He's like, oh, yeah, the, the robots got out of control. And VP's written up a blog post, which probably gives the most uh, succinct explanation as to what has what actually went on that day. And I've got to say, even though it's quite sort of edgy on the old conspiracy side of things to a certain degree, it makes a bit of sense. So go and check that out after the show. I'm not going to spoil it for you. You've got to read the whole thing. Anyway, this uh, interview, we dive a little bit more deeper into VP. I get a chance to ask questions rapid fire to him. So guys, if you if you want to get, I suppose, a head start on his podcast, a head start on his YouTube, then or add this into the, the, the mix, then you're going to learn something, guaranteed. All right, let's get into it. Here we go, VP. 
Okay. Right, guys. So um, we've got VP here from No Nonsense Forex. It's a uh, it's a it's a website, a blog, a YouTube channel that I was recently made aware of by one of my listeners out there. Said you got to check this guy out. He's getting a massive following um, with what he's revealing about trading currencies. Um, and I dove in and had a look at like probably the first ten episodes straight away, and I was hooked. Um, and then I was, found myself watching YouTube videos um, uh, on my TV last night of his of his YouTube channel, and I've been lucky enough to get an interview with him today. So, VP, how are you? I'm doing great, Cam, and I'm a fan of your podcast as well. So it's uh, good to finally chat. Yeah, look, it's it's um, funny that, that actually. I, most of the guys I interview don't listen to my podcast, so it's actually quite a rare treat to have somebody on that I'm interviewing that listens to the podcast and sort of knows a bit of my backstory as well. So, um, so really good to get you on. And look, I mean, I've got to say it. You know, I, I've been I've been overly impressed with what you've put together, um, and and it's almost like a it's almost like a sort of what's the what's like a reality TV series for for forex traders what's coming up next well not reality tv it's probably um more like a more like one of those um soap operas that you know stops you leaves you on a cliffhanger and you're just waiting there for what's the next one going to be so do you want do you want to tell us quickly first um how you came up with this idea and what made you decide to to start sharing what you basically how you trade and and all the sort of myths that are in the markets and dispelling them and, and that sort of thing uh, well, it came, my style of trading came out because I was just frustrated with what was already out there. Um, no matter where you looked, whether it was a website or Twitter or YouTube or anywhere, it was people telling you to do the same handful of things. And all of these people had 15, 20 years of experience behind a desk and everything worked really well when they did it. But then when I tried to do it, it didn't work well at all. And the reason they would give is, well, you just need to keep at it. Um, and I said, well, no, I don't really want to do that. I don't, I don't have 10, 15 years to get good at this. Um, so I was like, well, maybe, just maybe, there is another way. And so I actually sought out different ways to trade, um, discovered a whole new world out there because it's out there, and then slowly started putting my own system together based on completely different methods than what I was being taught. So it took a while. But the result turned out to be really good, and I was able to produce enough winning over time to get hired on by a prop firm back in 2014, and that's what I've done ever since. Um, so with your question to uh, how I created the material and why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was, you know, Forex education just never got better. It just, to me, it was a regurgitation of the same concepts over and over again, and people were getting on board, and they were getting really excited, and then you just see them crash, and it sucked. So I wanted to say, okay, look, you go your own way, but here's an alternative. Here's an alternative you probably didn't know about. It's much easier. Um, it gives you a lot of time back as well, which is also really nice. And uh, just take a look and see if you like this, and if you do, I'm going to set you up the best I can to succeed going forward, and you can put together your own system that works really well for you, that pretty much works on autopilot if you allow it to, and uh, that's what we've done so far. And we, it looks like, I mean, how far are you into the, I think you had said you had like 43 videos that you're going to 
produce and or topics you're going to talk about how far are we into that at the moment I don't even think we're at the halfway point yet, the way I've drawn it up. Uh, things really started um, when the podcast launched back in June 2018, I want to say. And let's see, it's end of January now. And then I have about all of 2019's worth of material with the uh, videos and the podcasts. So definitely more than 43 um, if you factor all those things in. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say we could probably wrap it up by the end of the year, and then we'll have everything out there, and then it, it can just uh, kind of run itself. Yeah, so, like, I mean, 30, over, was it 38,000 or 40,000 uh, YouTube subscribers already? It's, it's gaining massive traction. Um, really job well done there. So let's, let's go all the way back to, to, I suppose, a bit more about, like, how you first decided to get into trading in the first place. What, what, what gave you the, the impetus to start? desperation yeah um yeah i mean i i didn't invest anything before and i just i really fell out of love with uh, the food and beverage industry over time i mean it's it's a tough job and uh somebody i worked with had gotten into uh penny stock trading and was self-proclaimed really really good at it and so i kind of learned that game and um failed really bad I, i hit my first one which is probably the worst thing you could ever do um, because then I immediately went all in and started losing everything I had over and over and over again. And I said, oh, okay, I'm still going to do this. Um, but for those penny stock traders out there, you guys know that in the summertime, that whole market really dries up. So I'm like, I need another route to go. And uh, I was part of this I, uh, uh, part of this uh, bulletin board community called iHub. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's uh, really big for stocks and everything like that. They have a little tiny Forex division. And I went there, I found the smartest guy there, and I said, okay, hey, I'm interested, what do I do? And he told me to go to this place to learn how to trade, and I did, and uh, fell in love with it right away. I don't really retain information great, um, but certain things I really do, and Forex was one of those things, so I got really, really excited and said to myself, okay, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life if I can. And I'm willing to do whatever I have to do to get there. And so it was just rugged determination uh, ever since. Nice, nice. Okay, so so we got your backstory. Um, what so what does your trading look like these days? If we dive into the the stats around what you do, I mean, if you had to summarize it, and hopefully you, you're not giving away too much of what's coming up on your on your podcast and your YouTube channel, but. Um, so how would you how would you call your trading style your strategy uh, to start off with? Uh, so I put together an algorithm, which is not as daunting as it sounds. Um, it's just a series of rules, I guess, that all have to come true for you to enter a trade, and then from there I have built-in money management. So uh, I use indicators. I use them religiously, and if you put together the right ones and the right types. Um, you can really get into a trade at a great point, and then you also have indicators in there that help you manage a trade along the way. I mean, it's over time, it's completely foolproof. You will never not know what to do, and that's great. You know, it takes all the guesswork out of it, and I felt like there was nothing but guesswork uh, from the way I was trading before. So uh, I like this way much better. And and what about time frames? I mean, what sort of are you having to look at multiple time frames, or do you stick on the same time frame? How does that work? Nope. Daily chart. That's all I do. I trade for a 
really honestly about 10, 15 minutes a day tops. Um, because my system is all right there, I can just go through 28 different currency pairs. I trade every combination of the eight majors. And I can rattle through those in probably about two minutes. And then the rest of the time is just uh, entering and managing if it even applies. Um, it's extremely easy, extremely hands-off, and uh, allows me to get really good results and still you know, pretty much have the whole data myself. Nice. So, I mean, uh, how much time do you actually work at the prop firm doing, doing actual work? Or well, you don't even go uh, in there? I don't go into my prop firm. No, they let me work remotely, uh, which is great. Yeah, that's uh, it's not the the nineteen eighties nineties style of prop firm. It's uh, it's it's the modern day version. Right, right, right. So you, you do your fifteen minutes a day and and make your money that way. Nice. So so these um so you trading on the daily. So how long will your trades run for? Uh, as long as I have to. Um, I think the longest I ever had was two months because it just kept on going. Um, but there's no real average time. It just depends on you know what the market does while I'm in it. Okay, and and what about risk to reward? I mean, how much are you risking to 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 make? So uh, I have a video um, called the ATR, the Average True Range Indicator, and I make all of my decisions um, risk reward wise based on that, which is good because every pair has different volatility, and you can't have the same exact risk reward across the board. It has to be percentage based because like I said, everything is, is different. So if, if you use that indicator, uh, things it's very adjustable. Um, so I like that aspect of it a lot. And I can, um, like I said, it's mostly just on the video. It's kind of what, like what you and I talked about before. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, and I, I know it reminded me when I, when you were saying that and I saw ATR was up there as your, your number one indicator, uh, but way back episode 14, 15, I think it was where I had uh, a trader on called Nigel Hawks and he was, he was like every system he did had the ATR and he'd use, um, either, I think it was 1.5 or 1.5 risk to, to, what was it? One risk to 1.5 reward. And it was based on the ATR, ATR. Everything was based on the ATR. So it just, it confirmed for me that like maybe I should start using that a bit more in terms of some of the stuff that I'm doing um, because I don't, I, I've tried it and I can't I can't seem to make it work for whatever reason. Uh, I'm not too sure. I mean, do you use like a um, standard deviation to try and uh, I suppose it, it, uh, extend out the, the average um, range? No, nothing like that. Um, it's pretty simple. I do the reverse of what you just said. I do a 1.5 ATR risk to one ATR reward. Now, that sounds completely counterintuitive, but um, you're just taking half of your position off there, and you're letting the rest of it, you're letting the rest of it run. And then also, I have something called an exit indicator, which will almost always get me out of a losing trade before price ends up hitting that stop loss at 1.5 ATR. So um, those numbers don't even really pan out the way most people think they do. You know, they turn out much better. Um, so that stop loss is just kind of a, you know, doomsday stop loss. Um, it rarely gets hit. Um, but at least I have something there, and at least I have a structure to follow. And uh, it's worked really, really well for me. I can't say enough good things about the ATR. As simple and as rudimentary as it is it's uh it's the number one tool in my toolbox okay and so so what is your i mean your typical trading day look like i mean what do you actually do in the rest of that time so you're only doing like 
10 to 15 minutes of, of actual trading. I mean, what are you what are you filling it in with, other than your podcast and your YouTube channel? Yeah, well, I, uh, like I said, the way I trade allows for a lot of time. So uh, either be bored to death or uh, take on a bunch of different projects. And so uh, so I do. Uh, just Projects I don't really talk about, not because they're illicit or anything, but just have nothing to do with Forex trading. Um, and it just keeps me busy across the day. And I, oh, you know, it's pretty sunny where I live. And so I always try to you know, stay outdoors and be healthy and do all that while I have the time. And so, so what's, what interests me is that, like, so I know, obviously, I know a lot of traders out there around the world, and, and you tend to get two types, like guys that uh, get to a point where they're just happy with how it progresses, and they, they, they're not looking to try and, I suppose, push it any further. I mean, why, why did you, or how were you able to just stop where you are now and go, I'm actually quite happy with this, and I know I don't, and I don't want to actually sort of go and see if I can make it better or improve things, because a lot of these other guys will be spending, you know, probably a good chunk of the day trying to make it better, even though they're already good. They're trying to make it better. What's your view on that? Well, make no mistake, I do constantly try to improve what I have. Um, I still dedicate a couple hours a night just to testing out different indicators, different settings, and measuring them up against what I currently have. Yeah, I've ne- never, ever stopped trying to improve. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but it, for me to sit there and say, okay, I'm going to trade more often now to see if I can make things go higher, uh, just doesn't make a lot of sense because almost every technical tool you use, and I'm a purely technical trader, works much better on the daily chart than anything else. So anything else I'm trying to do apart from that is going to be suboptimal, and I'm just not interested in you know, taking more time out of my day to do things that aren't as optimal as I possibly can have them. Okay, okay, cool. And so, so um, changing the subject slightly, cryptocurrency trading, when they came out, what were you, th- what were you thinking? Did you, did you think maybe this is something I should look into? Did you invest in them? Um, have you placed any trades on them? Where do you think Bitcoin's going? I know there's a lot of questions being thrown at you, but um, what's your view? Let's start off with that. What's your view on trading with crypto, uh, trading cryptocurrency? Well, I can make it pretty easy on you. I don't trade crypto, um, but when I first saw it, um, I was re- it's really fascinating. I mean, it's unlike anything well, we've ever seen in terms of what it is, um, but the way it was moving when you consider the mania behind it and everything like that, as a penny stock trader uh, from the past, I'm like, I have seen this before. I've seen this, I've seen this many times before, and I know exactly how it typically ends. And so it wasn't surprising to me at all to see it go up the way it did and then come back down the way it did. And uh, it was a great case study for me too because crypto allowed so many brand new novice investors to come into the game that had no clue on how to actually manage a trade or an investment. And um, it's, you know, I trade metals too. And it's the same with the gold and silver people. You know, there's, they're guilty of it as well. But when crypto was up to about uh, 16 or 18, right about there, not one person was saying sell um, because it wasn't in their best interest to do that. You know, they wanted to hold and see if it would just go on and on forever. Um, and so nobody did. Well, very few people did, but um Almost nobody did, and they really got hurt and had to suffer that crash along the way. I knew people personally that did, and I was screaming at them to take some profit off at a certain point. 
Um, but none of them did. They were all in, and now they're still all in. Um, but the good thing, the good thing though, I think from a uh, a personal standpoint, is I've gotten a lot of former crypto people over to my channel. I think um, I think they've caught the investment bug, and they look at the forex market and they say, "Oh, hey, look, a stable market. We like that." And so they're so, so they're they're very willing to learn, and uh, it's been great. I love all the crypto people that have come over. Um, and what about what about Bitcoin? Do you think that where do, where do you think it's going to end up? I've had some very different views here, so um, I'm interested to hear yours. Well, I hate to disappoint you. I, I don't forecast, and forecasting something like that's almost impossible. Um, I think I think they're talking about it as a safe haven currency, but once the market hinted at crashing. Um, Bitcoin still went down, so um, that might throw that idea away. Um, uh, I I hope it does well, you know, just for the sake of the people who took the chance. You know, I'm always rooting for people like that. Um, but apart from that, I just don't have a dog in this fight. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Um, right. So, what do you think made you different from the average mum or dad trader out there at the beginning? What what traits did you have, and what actions did you take? Curiosity was probably the biggest one. Um, I think everybody just gets trapped in that bubble. You know, they're told by everybody that these are the 10 to 15 things that you have to do, and there's, there's just simply no other way. And if there is another way, then they, they try to debunk it and say it's stupid, and they don't want you to go look at it. Um, and I said, no, there's got to be something better than this, and I'm going to go find it because this this hamster wheel I'm on is just not going to work. Um, so I was kind of the pioneer. I had nobody out there kind of telling me what to do and what not to do. I was really out there on my own, putting this whole thing together in, uh, in kind of a frontier world that nobody else was trading. So that's why it took me as long as it did really for me to, to get good at this. Um, so what I'm trying to do now is show people this world. But at the same time, you know, not have them just floating in outer space like I was, you know, give them some real guidance, tell them all the mistakes I made. So hopefully they don't make those mistakes and, uh, and see where it takes them. And the results have been crazy. I mean, a very short amount of time. If you just go look at my YouTube comments or my Twitter feed or anything, um, it's just full of people that said, hey, you reversed my fortunes right away. Um, and it's it's kind of, it's kind of up to me now to temper those expectations. I'm like, hey, look, this isn't how it's always going to be. But I'm glad um, I'm glad you took the time to learn my way, and I'm glad it's paying off for you as as quickly as it is. Um, just just keep your head about you going forward. And and so uh, you mentioned before, and you mentioned that quite a bit on your podcast and YouTube channel that you've you've gone through and you've tested these indicators like uh, the typical indicators out there that the RSI's of the world and and um, moving average crossovers and all that sort of stuff I mean can you give us a quick explanation of how you went about working out whether or not these things work what was your what were your sort of your typical test um, so, yeah, I have a whole episode on backtesting and the best way to do that. Um, for me, uh, I would put them on every currency pair I had, and based on my own risk reward, which I already knew, I could actually go back and say, okay, every time I get a signal for this, um, do I actually participate in a winning trade, or does it hit my stop loss? And I would record that information. And first, you you just want to get a rough winning percentage of how these things operate, and if they uh, if they can't even perform well 
that way, um, then there's no use in really testing them further. And so uh, I can nowadays I can pretty easily get rid of the ones that I know are not going to be very successful. But if I do find a good one, then I'll hang on to it, and then I'll add by other indicators to it. And those indicators are just designed to eliminate the losses that that initial one gives me. And then I'll say, okay, what does that winning percentage look like now? And if I can get it to a really good level, I'll actually forward test it in real time because it's completely different than back testing. Um, because there's so many things when you back test that you're not factoring in. And then if I find something that is actually better than what I already have, and I've proven it, then I'll just plug it in. I have full confidence in it, and I'll just go ahead and let it run. Nice. Okay, cool. Simple. Um, so so here's the next question. So if you're a retail trader working a day job, what steps would you recommend they take to start earning income trading? <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely trade the daily chart because you're not going to have too much time, um, especially if you have a family or any other projects going on at home. Um, to really do much else without running yourself into the ground. So uh, step one is that. I mean, you, you can really do well and do some damage just by trading the daily chart and kind of against, getting that whole instant gratification of trading the 15-minute and the five-minute you know, out of your head completely. Um, and then the, the time you do have, you know, test different things out. Um, follow, you know, go to, go to my YouTube channel and follow the structure I give you, and from there, it should be easy to go ahead, go discover some of these things and test them out and see how they work. And if you do it enough times, you're going to find things that work really well. And it, it fits into anybody's lifestyle because it's really, as far as trading, you're only taking about a half hour out of your day to actually do that. And so I've got to say, I was thinking about it last night. I actually do like that idea because I was thinking, hang on a sec, maybe I should take that approach because I'm – I'm spending way, way, like way too much time, much more time than that. Um, when I was thinking about like, oh, fifteen to twenty minutes, half an hour. That's that's actually quite sort of achievable. And so I might actually start looking at at it from that way. And I I am in the lower time frames, bringing up the higher time frames. Who knows? Um, <laughs> right. Next question. So if you had to split your trading up into technical versus fundamental, what would that split look like? Uh, 99% technical, 1% fundamental. And that 1% would just be me avoiding news events that I know are coming out or, or just avoiding things like, like with Brexit going on right now, there's so many things just kind of pop up and the market will react to them in a certain way. So I'm just kind of taking the British pound out of my trading for a while until that vote finally goes down, um, which is fine. That leaves me with seven others. But uh, from a fundamental standpoint, that is really my entire game is just making sure things like that that are completely out of my control don't hinder my bottom line. Um, because the more things that are out of your control that you can get rid of, um, the better off you are because then it's completely up to you and your system to do the work. And if you already test your system and you've seen it do the work, well, then good things should happen. And so, so how did your system cope with that flash crash on what was the second or third of January this year? Um, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't in it. Um, I wasn't in any of the trades that were affected. And it's interesting you say that. Um, I I put out an article on why I think that flash crash happened. Oh, yeah, I saw um, that. I'm I didn't watch the video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there there is no video for it. Um, but. Oh. 
Yeah, I have a very, uh, I have a very unique perspective on that. And I'm surprised it's so unique. I'm surprised more people haven't thought of it this way. But um, what typically happens in those flash crashes is people who are on the vast majority of one side, whether it's long or short, um, are the ones that really get crushed. And the way we trade at No Nonsense Forex is to not be on that side. So I didn't hear one person come in and say, hey, I really got murdered by that flash crash. Um, I had a handful of people saying, hey, I made a ton of money off that. But um, but for me, I was just not in the market at all, thank God, because you know when you get stuck in one of those things, who knows what can happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so, so diving a little deeper on a price chart, I mean, what three things would you recommend a novice trader educate themselves on? Ooh, good question. Um, I think it's important to know uh, who moves price up and down. Uh, my most popular video I have, uh, it's, I call it the Big Banks video. It's actually the, what is it, the, the top Forex strategy for 2019, something like that. But it's the Big Banks video. And uh, learning that first, I think, really helps because that's kind of your fundamentals is to say, okay, um, the market makers are the ones that move price. They just react to wherever the retail traders go. So it's probably my best interest to avoid, to avoid the places where those people trade often. And so what I really need to do is stop using tools that put me in those situations, um, i.e. the tools that everybody else uses, you know, support and resistance lines, RSI, things like that. Because whenever those tools give you a signal, they're giving a signal to everybody else too. And you don't know if it's going to be long or short. Um, but what you do know is if there's a big move based on what those retail traders do, the banks and the market makers are going to react to it. And yet that is another thing you can't control. Um, the second thing I would say is definitely get your money management right. Um, I said it in one of the videos. If, uh, if you and I were having a contest to see who can make the most pips over time, and you had the best trade entries, but I had the best money management, and I just flipped coins, um, it, it wouldn't even be close. Um, I would crush you over time because money management is that important. It's one of the things that almost no retail traders out there really possess. And if you can just get a structure for that that you can always follow and you don't even have to think about it, that, that alone really puts you ahead of the game. Um, so maybe those two things. Uh, yeah, I have a whole trading psychology playlist too. Uh, which is just really boils down to you not getting in your own way. Um, but I think if you lock those, if you lock those things down, especially the money management, um, I mean, you can you can move mountains with that. And, and just on the on the big banks video and um, and you, I don't know if it's this discovery there, but it's um, it's obviously I mean, guys, go and check it out. We'll we'll probably, probably try and get a link up. We'll, we'll put the video in the actual podcast notes. But I mean, how did you how did you get to the point where you were able to discover the information that you reveal in that video? How did you find out about so it? So first off, yeah, first off, it came from one of the people who taught me uh, forex a long time ago. Some of, some of you are probably familiar with him, uh, Michael Huddleston, Inner Circle Trader, who's still a pretty big deal right now. Um, he's a pure price action guy, and I moved away from that as soon as I could. Um, but I did learn a lot of really good things from them. So that's how I was initially turned on to it. And then just in doing deeper research and talking to actual professional traders like around the world, some of them who actually you know, worked for banks or knew people that worked for banks, all pretty much confirmed what I already thought. 
And then you'll see in that video that there's that client sentiment index that actually just paints a beautiful picture of how when retail traders go one way in a, in a big choreographed move, you know, the, the banks will always go the other way, assuming it's one of those currency pairs where everybody trades, like the euro, dollar, pound, dollar, dollar, CAD, Aussie dollar, you know, places like that. Um, to where they really don't mess around too much with a lot of the cross pairs, which is really good if you want to avoid what the big banks do. Yeah, let's, let's have a look at the um, your Aussie Kiwi uh, video last night, actually. And the irony is, coming from New Zealand and um, going over to Australia like quite often, uh, I, I never I never trade that pair. Um can you talk a little bit about why it's such a good pair to trade? Uh, yeah, I'm surprised you don't. Um, so yeah, yeah, I just put out the video on that, and uh, it's just it's more of what it avoids than what it actually is. Uh, it it's it avoids any of the, the nonsense that happens with the United States dollar, which is the one place where uh, banks really love to play because that's where everybody else plays. Um, so you're already avoiding that. Um, it doesn't follow risk on, risk off because they're both risk on currencies because the interest rates are high. Um, so you don't have to worry about the stock market getting in your way. And uh, if if you trade on the daily chart, um, I trade 20 minutes before the close of the daily candle. So if news comes out for the Aussie or the Kiwi, it's coming out like two hours later. And if for some reason it doesn't go my way, I have the next 20 hours of the day for that news to correct itself over time if it's going to do that. So, you know, the stock market doesn't affect me. The nonsense on the United States dollar doesn't affect me. And even bad news could come out for one of those currencies and still wouldn't affect me. It just allows me to be that technical trader that I am. Um, so that, for that reason, I've had a really good success rate with that one pair. Yeah, I, I had a look at it last night, right? And I, I did a bit of analysis on it because – um, and the main reason I haven't traded it is because I, I always think the spread's too high. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm over that now. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed that on even on the hourly or even smaller time frames, it was very hard to to put a put a system together. But on the daily, it actually wasn't that hard. It was quite easy. So I think. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> what do you know? What do you know? I'm learning stuff. Um, right. Anyway, let's get on with to the technical round. So this is the quick fire questions to help the guys out there really just embed the this information and knowledge. So, um, VP, how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Uh, about four years. Uh, but keep in mind too that was me pioneering a system that had never been put together before so the learning curve was really steep and and how i just want to ask this question how many hours a day at that point in time were you putting into back testing and, and trying to find these indicators that were going to put up a system for you about three or four i would uh come home from work at night um about 10 or 11 o'clock and then put in a few hours and then go to bed around two or three in the morning well um, what's your mental approach to trading and do you have any special techniques you can share with us? Uh, I try to take the mental game completely out of it. Um, if you put a system together um, that, that you know works, then you don't have to worry about the mental game because the mental game can be really, really tough. Um, so that would be my best advice. What's your favorite entry setup? 
Well, I just pretty much do whatever my system tells me to do, but my favorite would probably be uh, a cross pair that doesn't have any news coming up that could ruin my trade. What strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? Um, so, you know, as soon as I take my first profit, I'll move my uh, stop loss to break even. So that way, no matter what happens, I'm a winning trade. And uh, then I'll put in a stop loss. I'm, I'm sorry, a trailing stop after a certain point. And then I also have an exit indicator, uh, which is really good. It's designed to get me out of a trade that is probably done running, but is uh, but will get me out before price hits my trailing stop. And so th- those little pips I save here and there every time really add up. What's your recommended recommended trading book? Uh, like an actual book book to read. Well, I mean, it, yeah, book, a book to read. Uh, nothing as far as actual trading goes, because uh, don't forget, I'm I'm the big contrarian over here. I'm the guy who trades different than everybody else does. Yeah, just uh, my very last podcast was on this on trading books. I'm like, most of the books I recommend are mindset books, um, because I think just as if you want to make this what you're going to do with your life, there's a certain mindset you kind of need to follow, or, or it really helps. And so. Um, so I made a whole podcast just based on books like that. And was there any one that book that stands out there? Uh, maybe if it was one, it would be Discipline Equals Freedom by Jocko Willink. Um, it's just it, we're all naturally undisciplined, even if we think we are. And that book really puts you in line. Um, I, if, if anybody's listening out there, get the hardcover version. Don't get the Kindle version. You'll thank me later for this. But uh, – but man, you just you feel like the biggest piece of crap after reading that book, like in the best possible way. Um, and it just it really kind of it resets you and refocuses you to really focus on what matters. Yeah, I've I've heard him on a couple of different podcasts actually, so um, you might have spurred me on to get that book. Right. So if there was one thing you'd recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be? Why and how could they go about mastering it? Uh, well, most retail traders right now, I, I would say, hey, look, you guys have been forced into a bubble. You've been told that these are the only things that works, and um, and there's really no other way to go. I'm just, I'm letting you know, there's a big, beautiful world out there. Uh, it does exist, and it is. You owe it to yourself to find it, and at least look at it. And my channel's really good at helping you do that. But you can really go any way you want. But just know it's. It's not the same 10, 15 things they talk about. There's much more out there, and I would just spend the next month trying to discover those things first. Decide if you want to go that route, and if you do and you're frustrated with what you're doing right now, then just know it's not the end. You know, There's, there's plenty more out there for you. What's your preferred broker and trading platform? Um, I use Oanda for um, trading on the channel. Um, my firm uses interactive brokers, which I don't like and I don't recommend. And really, there's only about, I don't know, four or five brokers that Americans can even use. It's very, very restrictive out here. So just for lack of a better option, even though I do like it, um, I use Oanda. What's the worst trade that you've ever had? (laughs) Uh, I don't really even remember my best and worst trades, but there was one that was just really really frustrating and it had to do with interactive brokers interactive brokers is the worst it makes you double and sometimes triple confirm what you want to do and so it was a dollar cat it was a dollar cad trade 
and I closed it out for a profit, but I didn't triple or quadruple confirm whatever they wanted me to do. And um, so I didn't actually close the trade. And um, it also has this thing where you can't really see the trade you're in unless you click a couple different boxes and things like that. It's very, the UI is really bad. Um, but, but that trade went the other way and ran for about four months before I even really recognized what was going on. I looked at my overall account. And I said, this is not as high as I thought it was. And I did some digging and found out that's what it was. It was a 500 pip loss. And it was just, it, it was just because I didn't triple confirm what I wanted to do. So ultimately it was my fault. I shouldn't blame them, but man, that was really frustrating. And I, uh, I have not forgiven them for that since. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, right. So if, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Well, I kind of already mentioned it. Yeah. It's like, look, um, there's other ways to go. Um, just the, that's the biggest takeaway I can give you all. It's, uh, if, if you are, learning all these tools and learning all these methods of trading and it works really well when they do it, but it never seems to work when you do it and you're constantly guessing and you're just not getting it right. It's not a matter of you just getting really good at those things. Maybe those things aren't really that effective. I can tell you as a, for a fact, they probably aren't because they're based on methods and tools that were created 20, 30, 40 years ago for stock trading. Um, the mechanics of the Forex market in many ways were completely different. So you guys are learning the 1960s game um, while the modern day game is out there. You just got to go get it. Okay, last question of the show, VP. So we'd like you to give us the bones of a full trading strategy. Entry setup, stop loss, take profit targets, market time frame. Basically something our listeners can try it at home this week. I uh, can't really do that because, uh, like I said, you put the system together and the system tells you what to do. And that's not something I can just really explain in two minutes, unfortunately. Um, but the good news is, is once you have it there, it's extremely easy. I just, I can't verbalize it to people um, without a visual on how that actually works. Well, I thought I'd throw the question in there anyway. I knew you weren't going to answer it because basically it's... I just can't. That's what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought there's a, there's a small chance you might give us something, um, but I understand. That's all That's all good. Now, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? Uh, if it's media-related, just hit me up at uh, vp at nonsenseforex.com. Um, but for everybody else, just go to nonsenseforex.com for the website and the blog. Uh, three words, no nonsense Forex on YouTube for that. And then I host the Forex Q&A podcast, uh, which you can easily find as well. Yeah, brilliant. Look, it's um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, uh, especially after listening to oh, maybe 10 or 15 of your podcast episodes and watching about seven or eight of your videos. Um, it's been really good to, to just talk one-on-one. And guys, I think as the Forex Q&A, so you guys can actually ask uh, VP some questions if you've got them. I'm sure you, you're inundated. <laughs> Am I right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm staring at about 30 right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it, it goes up and down depending on the day. Well, have, have you, is there any, are there any good questions in there, that, like just interesting doozy ones? or Probably not. No? Uh, <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> they're, they're, most, they're mostly it. Honestly, eighty percent of the time, I've already answered it in the podcast episode, and I just send them that episode, and they're right. they're more than happy. 
Yep, cool. Well, guys, look, it's a big thank you to VP for sharing with us today. Everything we discussed here, along with all the links, are going to be in the show notes. To find them, simply search for VP in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, guys, there we go. Interview with VP done and dusted. Now, what's going on here at Trading Nut this month? Well, I should have mentioned it at the start of the show. I didn't, but I'm going to mention it now. Hey, look, we've got a limited time bonus happening for guys who are part of the Robot Traders Club. So if you're part of the Robot Traders Club, you'll find a new bonus trading robot in the members area sitting there for you. It's based on the uh, it's based on an indicator called the Shaved Supply and Demand. And basically what that does is it draws supply and demand zones on a price chart. And the robot, the zone master robot, I'm calling it, it basically uh, plays with those or works with those zones and will take trades based on a number of different things. So there's a whole bunch, of, I think there's tw- over 20 settings that you can choose from. Uh, things like, I mean, it can enter only at round numbers, it can enter uh, within a percentage of the zone, it can do a retest of a zone that's flipped, it can do, you can flip the buy and sell orders. <laughs> there's a ton of stuff that you can do. So, guys, if you want to check out more about that, head over to the members area, log in. And you should find, uh, actually, I'll tell you what, I'll put a link in the description, show description, so you can get a link to it there. Uh, and there's a coupon code as well to save you a couple of bucks on the on the joining fee. And what's more, what's more, you can, um, you're going to get the first robot as well of the Robot Traders Club. So guys, go and check it out in February 2019. If you're listening to this later, hit me up, we'll see what we can do. All right, guys, until next week, I hope you have a great trading week and I'll see you in the markets.